0: It's BS, but it's culturally supported BS. Howdy, folks! Welcome to the Virtue Signal. I'm Alfonso Rachel, or your, you know, my friends call me ZO. You can call me ZO if you want, and that's Bill Whittle. You can call him Wild Bill. Uh, today. As we try to battle against these, uh, these so-called virtues of, uh, of the left. Uh, man, I, I, I caught wind of, uh, a, a, a campaign that's going on in Kentucky. And this is from, uh, I saw a commercial from what's his name? Of Charles, Charles Booker and Charles Booker, mm-hmm. uh, running against Rand Paul and, uh, <laughs> Charles wants to wear a, a noose around his neck, man. He's got, he's got the noose on. And uh basically wants to, you know, vilify Ron Paul as uh and and of course vilify, I guess, America for um for lynching. And, he's wearing uh, a noose? He's wearing a noose, man. I get that's his superpower. <laughs> he's wearing a noose like a cape or something. That's his superpower. I'm I'm hangman, you know? Uh anyway, so he got the news on, and he's gonna try to lay this on Rand Paul. And I guess try to remind uh, uh remind Ram uh folks that Rand Paul opposed the, uh, anti-lynching bill that was proposed, uh, held it up. Yeah. And, uh, that's, what's going to go out into the culture. And that's, what's going to be used to, uh, you know, uh, vilify Rand Paul and vilify Republicans and whatnot. And you want to make sure that you vote for this. And, and Kentuckians
1: divider. too, for that matter. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, good luck with that. And, you know, and it, it just might
0: pan out lucky for that. like I said, politically, as I said before, politically, this may not work out good for him. I'm hoping that this this kind of rhetoric doesn't uh doesn't win the day. Unfortunately, it does make cultural uh damage. But I, I wanted to get your thoughts. I don't know if you've seen the commercial or not, Bill. Um, but no, no, uh, you know it's, it, looking for it. It's you know, it's well shot, it's well paced, the lighting looks great, and you know, it's just really kind of draws you into what he's saying. Uh you know, uh, off the top of your head, without uh, seeing the video, like, uh, what do you think of these still using, Democrats still using these tactics?
1: I think he's be-clowned himself. Mm. Uh, when uh, you remember the, uh, the, the cultural earthquake that, that went through the country when uh, uh, Biden and Harris announced that they were proposing anti-lyn- anti-lynching legislation. And how you 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 probably remember where you were when you heard the news, Uh it 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 came and went like like any other piece of nonsense, you know, it was just it was just like a oh, okay, and look, why, why should we be um, dismissive of of not only dismissive of this contemptuous of it, being contemptuous of an anti-lynching law? Does that make you contemptuous of lynching? Uh, it. Not for me. My two responses to an anti-lynching law would be by far the weakest of them would be, when was the last actual lynching? Is this a national emergency that we must address? You and Harris are calling this something that has to happen out on the Rose, uh, the, the, the Rose Garden in the back of the White House, making a big announcement about this. Is this, is, this a, um, is this a pressing national issue that we have to deal with? I am genuinely curious to know when the last, when the last lynching was. And people will hear me say that and say, "Aha! You're defending lynching." I'm not. Uh, the reason that we don't need an anti-lynching law is because, at least until the last time I checked, the Democrats being in session and so on, there were still laws in this country against first-degree murder. Mm. And uh, and when you start to see, I've never bought this. I've never bought this hate crime thing. Mm. Uh, I've always considered all crime to be a hate crime. Sure. Right. I mean, I, and I don't see how. Um, I don't see how murdering a gay person is any different than murdering a white or a black or whatever person. It's first-degree murder. And to say that, well, this country is – the shame of this country is that we've never passed anti-lynching legislation is, to me, responded by, well, we do have anti-first-degree murder legislation. Mm -hmm. And and first-degree murder charges have prevented lynchings for 70 years now, 80, 100, Mm. I don't know. Not quite hundred, I guess, but it's getting it's getting close to that, uh, and so and so I put this in this the, I put the anti-lynching thing in the same category of showboating, that is all that's left to this um, this clown show, that that managed to um, turn up enough ballots uh, overnight, right? Uh, this is, it's going to, whatever we can throw it sticks against the wall, we're going to go with. They decided after six months of intense study that the best way to really intimidate and insult uh, uh, Republicans and to get moderates away from the Republican Party was to refer to the policy as ultra MAGA. <laughs> and next thing you know is, you know ultra-maga hats and, and, and ultimate ultra-maga guys, you know, and the term that they're bringing back now is uh, Christo-fascist, you know, for Christians who, who, who are determined to impo- impose Christianity at point of a sword on the rest of the country, that kind of mm. current problem that we've had so much of, you know, lately. Uh, and I just want a T-shirt that says, I am a proud ultra-maga christo you know, <laughs> Be- because, because it's absurd on its face. It's just openly absurd on its face. This guy wearing a noose around his neck is 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 be clowning himself for a lot of reasons. So not the least of which is the fact that some people were actually lynched in this country. You know, and and that and that by by wearing this and com- by comparing the current plight in America today to what was going on in the South when Democrats in the Ku Klux Klan and all the rest of those Democrats were lynching black people. Let's just keep saying that because it needs to be said. They were not just Democrats lynching black people or, or shooting black people or intimidating black people. They were intimidating black Republicans and white Republicans as well. Mm -hmm. Right. That's what it was. It was a terror campaign to restore white supremacy in the South after the Republican Party swept the elections following uh, the Civil War, and and it was it was how the Democrats responded to the federal government saying, "No, you don't get to murder black people at will, and you don't get to tell them they can't vote." These are Republican initiatives that were put in place to present racial equality, and the Democrats did what they did ten years earlier when they left the Union so that they could keep their slaves. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. The guy's a Democrat, I assume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm wondering why, um, uh, Rand Paul's not the kind of guy you want to mess with. I think if I was Rand Paul, I would put together a commercial that showed, okay, you want to talk, you want to talk about this? Let's talk about it. Here's a picture of, of, uh, white police guards, uh, putting fire hose on, on black guys that are trying to go to college. Here's a, here's a, a video of, a, of, a of white policemen turning uh, police dogs on, on young black girls who are trying to go to college. Uh, the people that released these were Lester Maddox and, and Bull Connor and, 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 um. And George Wallace, all of them prominent Democrats. Mm-hmm. Jim Crow laws were, were, were created by Democrats. The Ku Klux Klan was essentially a Democratic uh, street army mm. designed to inspire terror. The Confederacy was when the Democrats left the Union. And I would go right down that road, walk it right up to the present and say, ironic, isn't it, that this guy is wearing the symbol of, the, of what the Democratic Party is yes. around his neck to try and, and vilify a Republican.
0: Indeed. And, and, and he's he, according to him, he's got this uh, history, uh, family history with lynching as he talks about his uncles were being, it's like, man, I'll bet your uncles were lynched by Democrats. And the thing is, when he does stuff like this, you want to put a noose around your neck.
1: You are- Pretty d- sure I'm going to call BS on that, man. Uh, his uncle was lynched, That's, not yeah. his
0: great uncle or- Right, right. He's, he says his uncles were lynched. And it's like, look, man, that sounds like fairy tale land. But if, if by chance that did happen, they're most likely Democrats. But you know, uh, that's—it's not like Democrats aren't known for making up things.
1: Um, but uh, yet, to say the least.
0: But this, this is this is some uh, make believe that does have some some real world ramifications. that causes problems. See, where he's trying—he thinks that he's making a statement. Against I guess racist America and making a statement against Republicans or even Rand Paul. It's like no man, what you're doing is that you want to make sure that the pers- the perception of black folks is that our mm-hmm. lot in life is to be strange fruit. That's just what we are, right That's what you want to make sure that we're seeing that we're, we're perpetually victims. you want you're, you're a part of this narrative that feels like you know every black kid needs to be has to have the talk you know the talk of when you get pulled over by a police officer everybody should know how to conduct themselves on how to be uh to 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 conduct themselves you know with the uh, if they get pulled over but black folks in particular but see here's the thing um if you feel like because that's like a thing in the in the black community you got to have the talk with them about how to be pulled over you're already conditioning the kid to be insecure you're already conditioning them to make them feel like it's not anybody else to them it's you you're making them feel like is it a crime to be black is, is there something wrong with me for being black? You are establishing that insecurity about them. Okay. And that insecurity comes out when they get pulled over or when they, how they conduct themselves this year, how they conduct themselves with each other. And this is all part of the same thing. It's just like you, you, you very well said. It's like you're going to wear a symbol. You're going to sit, you're going to, you're going to wear this symbol of what the Democrat party did and try to vilify Republicans for it. And it's like, You've got this thing that you're, and wait a minute, and and by the way, dude, you're voting for the, you're running as, as with the party and you're loyal to a party that did all this stuff, you know, and, and y'all can go through the whole thing of, well, the party switched side when, When are you talking about? Because even Malcolm X, before the so-called party switch that they claim happened like in the late 60s between Goldwater, it didn't happen, between Goldwater or Lee Atwater, whatever they wanna try to propose, even Malcolm X called it up before that stuff happened. Malcolm X like, look, man, if you're putting your vote behind the Democrat party, you are a political chump and a traitor to your race. What was y'all excuse back then? You had none. You basically sold mm-hmm. out for some stiff peanut butter, a block of cheese, and a check. That's what you sold out for. And Democrats suckered you for that, and and you turned against the Republican Party. For for what? Because of the same stuff, that the same tactics that Democrats are doing today, suckering y'all at being a voter stock and using the same tactic of the devil himself, the devil whose name means the accuser. That's what y'all are going for. So I see stuff like this. But like I was saying earlier, Bill, it's well shot... It's, it's it's BS, but it's culturally supported BS. And this is what I'm, you know, you know, I've been trying to, for years, I've been trying to, you know, get Republicans to understand this. Yeah, they're still able to do this. They're still
1: doing it. It's 2022, and they're still doing it. That's, that's uh, yeah, that's where I come down on all this stuff. We just did a show on Gay Pride and LGBTQ Pride Month and so on. And all of this stuff might have been relevant in the 70s, you know? Hmm. You know, fifty years ago, you know that you you might have had a case that you know maybe that that you know Uber makes a statement saying we're we're going to treat all of our riders with dignity and respect. This may have been an issue in 1975. You know, maybe, mm. right? Uh, so so yeah, yeah. It's like this is 2022, dude. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and 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 this perpetuation of of victimization is all they've got left now. Yes, you know, and it, it's to 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 to.
0: Make yourself feel so sanctimonious and self-righteous. And it's a great political tool. Uh, when <clears throat> the real struggles, just like you said, maybe like in the, in the early seventies and the sixties, that was a real struggle. We, we've been done with that for a long time is you want to make sure you want to keep yourself as a perpetual victim and the oxymoron of feeling empowered by being a, a, a victim, you know, but. This narrative is, but they've been using this narrative for a long time. They, they, I mean, they used it during, you know, the Bush years when they had, you know, footage of, you know, blacks, you know, as you mentioned, you know, being hosed and, uh, and, and, and the dogs sicked on them. Say you vote for a public a Republican. This is what you're going to get. It's like, hello, that was Democrats doing that, you know, Democrat municipality, Democrat state, all Democrats all down the line. You know, Martin Luther King was murdered by a Democrat and you got these Democrat voters out there, you know, particularly in the black community, letting Democrats literally get away with murder as they still put their votes behind them. But this kind of stuff is, is the groundwork has been laid in the culture. That's why you can have these Democrats getting away with stuff like this. You know, it's like the stuff that you see Democrats just, just doing th- th- politically, they, they, they have the groundwork laid. To, to, to make that happen where it, where it upholds their policies, uh, culturally. And I'm trying to tell, you know, we've been trying to tell Republicans for a long time, you got to lay that groundwork culture. There has to be that cultural representation because you may get your political victory, but it's only as stable as what's, as what's reflected in the culture. And those things have to be laid. Now, for, for Rand Paul, now Rand Paul, to his credit, uh, it's like, Look, man, this so-called anti-lynching bill, which, which Democrats have the history of filibustering against, by the way. Rand Paul's like, this, this ain't an anti-lynching bill. What is this? You, you, you mean to tell me that a person can go and deface a building and you gonna call that a lynching? That's not a lynching. This is, this is a, this is a, uh, demeaning to what it is to stop lynching, really. So he's like, look, man, we gotta do this better. You really wanna stop lynching? And just like you said Bill it's it's murder. You don't need an anti-lynching bill. Well, when,
1: when where is the lynching epidemic? I must have missed right. the memo, man. Exactly. But it's it's what Democrats the
0: thing is, it's the it's an epidemic if you allow Democrats to identify whatever they want to be a lynching. And that's what Rand Paul's coming to y'all, y'all can't just go and call anything you want a lynching just because it makes you feel uncomfortable. Oh, that made you uncomfortable, so you're going to call it a lynching? No, nah, man, we got to redo this.
1: That's what Rand Paul was. I never really from. thought of that. That's really what it's for: is to is, if you say something uh, that they don't like, then then they'll claim they're being lynched in public, and there's now there's law against that and that kind of stuff. Yes. Um, so look, I'm going to say something uh, relatively uncontroversial, and then I'll say something that is exceedingly controversial, and I can <laughs> say something exceedingly controversial because uh, if you're watching the show and you remember, you're a member, you're. Paying us to be able to speak the truth, and if you're not, then somebody else is paying for you to be able to hear the truth. Here's the non-controversial thing about the talk, right? About the talk comes a point when you have to sit down with black uh, with the black child and say, "Listen, all right, now that you're able to drive, let me let me I have to sit down and explain to you how you avoid getting shot to death if you get pulled over for a broken taillight." Um, what seems to be lost in this is that every white kid gets the talk too. He just doesn't get it as a talk. What I mean by that is, over the course of my childhood, prior to being uh, old enough to drive, riding with my dad, or my mom, I guess, I'd been pulled pulled over for, like, it's virtually impossible to not get pulled over. Maybe you're speeding a little bit, maybe you got a broken taillight, and so on. My talk came to me over the course of my entire childhood, because when we were pulled over and the policeman walked up, my dad had his hands on the steering wheels, good morning, officer, what can I do for you? Uh, well, sir, it looks like you were going a little bit fast back there. Uh, I may not have been paying attention. Can I see your driver's license? Absolutely. Yes, sir. Right? So we learned we learned how to treat policemen with respect from observation, and it was just how we grew up. And you can make the case that a policeman would come to a white car with less hostility or, or, or uh, excessive caution than he would with a black car. That would be true, but he'd also have a reason for it. And so now we get into this into this feedback loop, right, where where it, it's a self-perpetuating feedback loop. If you, I'm, I'm speaking in gross generalities, but nevertheless, if if most white people are taught from birth to be respectful and polite to policemen, uh, activists on the left would say, well, you can get away with that because you haven't been intimidated by policemen, haven't been selected by policemen, haven't been uh, you know terrorized by policemen. Okay, maybe that's true, but what, what the reality of the situation is, is that when a policeman walks up on a car, he's much more likely to get shot by a, by a black guy than a white guy. And you don't have to like that, but now we're down to the actual problem, right? And this is the thing that no one will talk about. No one will talk about the truth of the problem. And that is that if, if, you, if you are basically saying, like this guy, if you're this guy... And you're you're trying to get elected with a noose around your neck. You 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 got it exactly right. What you're telling black people in America is that police are going to be trying to kill you because of your skin color. And when you point out what the actual statistics are, then you're accused of either being a racist, a white supremacist, or you're accused of or you're accused of excusing police brutality or, or or police prejudice or intimidation. I'm not doing any of those things. What I'm saying is this, if we were to have an all black police force in this country, right, all black police force, within a year or two, black policemen would be walking up to white cars with a different attitude than they would be walking up to black cars. And that's going to continue until we get to the cultural issues and we get to the cultural ongoing Feedback loop this ongoing hypnosis and poison that is being generated every generation just being another another launch by clowns like this guy Right. He is perpetuating Perpetuating uh, The most destructive narrative that it's possible to have in this country and by perpetuating it I mean, let's just follow the logic here. Okay. He comes out. He's a representative of the Democratic Party He's wearing a noose. He's telling black voters that in in the in America now in 2022 there's a danger that any moment now some some white guys may just come together and drag me out and hang me from a tree and nobody's going to do anything about it that's what he's saying right mm-hmm. that is the statement he's making and he knows it everybody knows it okay well is that statement true no it's not true of course it's not true it hasn't been true for 57 years. It virtually was, wasn't true then either, right? So he is basically implanting into both black and white voters this ongoing perpetualization of this divide mm-hmm. when, when the divide is based upon different attitudes towards law enforcement that then, that then create their own results, right? Yes. If, if, you, if you're told your whole life as a black kid that the police are going to just take you in and beat you up or murder you, you're more inclined to run from the police when you get arrested, mm-hmm. right? This isn't, this isn't a, a leap in logic. Right. And anybody who's watched Cops or anything else has seen, has seen mostly seen black people about to get handcuffed or arrested make a run for it. Mm-hmm. Well, they make a run for it because they've been told their entire lives that the police are going to get them or kill them and they're not going to be treated fairly or whatever. So what happens? Well, in the policeman's point of view, this, blast, this black suspect ran and black suspects are more likely to run. And so, they will, and so they will start treating black suspects differently based on what they're experiencing out in the real world today. And, and the thing just continues and continues and continues. And it's people like this that are the ones who are responsible for it because they because the, the, look the greatest single failure in in American culture in my lifetime has been Barack Obama who had the ability had the opportunity to close the deal right he could have closed the deal if he wasn't about democratic policy if he wasn't about progressivism needing an enemy and needing to divide people and turn them against each other Barack Obama could have put race relations problems in this country away. He had the opportunity. He was elected by white people who were determined to show the rest of the people in this country and the rest of the world that this was not a racist country. And and this country elected a black president twice. And this this person who never went through the civil rights movement, never, never experienced any prejudice. He grew up on smoking doobies on the beach in Hawaii, for God's sake, and the faintest idea what goes on in in the South, like like conservatives, like Ben Carson, and 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 you know, and um, and and all the rest of them actually experienced. But he could have basically said, "Folks, look, my election, instead of saying my election is uh, you know, is the beginning of the of the when the sea." The sea level stopped rising and, and all the rest of this light bringer stuff. The first thing he did as president was I remember the first thing he did was somebody, some college, black college professor was arrested for climbing into his own window, right? Somebody reported a black guy climbing into a window of his house, turned out he lived there and they called the cops. And Obama said this is disgraceful and, and, and racist. And it's like, he, somebody's climbing through a window of their neighbor. They don't recognize the guy, they're concerned for their neighbor, mm-hmm. right? He could have, he could have gotten out there and, and, and basically said it's time it's time to heal but he didn't he did just the exact opposite and that 's what the modern Democratic Party is they are the party of grievances yes and when you continue to foster grievances then you will get more grievances and now i 'm going to say the thing that I mentioned earlier about being the most controversial thing because i've given this a, a significant amount of thought it did a little bit of the math i 'm bringing this up not to justify anything, not to explain anything. I'm only bringing it up because I think it's important that we have some actual perspective. If we're going to talk about a pandemic and the number of people who die, we want to know what the actual number of people who died from the pandemic were, not who died with it, but from it. And also, we also need to know how many people died of other causes during that same time. That's how you make a rational assessment of what's going on. Every year in America, the number of white people murdered by blacks is significantly higher. It's multiples multiples of the number of black people murdered by whites. There is a white murder uh, surplus in this country, and it happens every year. And I want to know, if you were to take the number of black people that had been lynched, I'd be willing to bet you that the number of white people murdered by black people would equal the total number of lynchings in a year or two. Every year, every year. Now, what am I saying by that? What I'm saying is, is that this narrative that's being hustled, that, uh, that, that white cops are out to murder black people, that white people are out to murder black people, that, that, that a black person walking through a white neighborhood is taking their, their life in their hands, right? That's not that's not how it works. We you know and I know, in terms of danger to uh, life and limb, uh, what the, what the possibilities are of a black woman walking through Bel Air versus a white woman walking through Compton at two in the morning, right? No one talks about this because you're not allowed to talk about it because it's off the table. But this is what happens when you when your entire political philosophy is predicated on telling a lie. The reason I bring this stuff up is because I would like to see this problem. It will never be solved but I would like to see this problem reduced. Mm. I'd like to see everybody in this country live free and prosperous and happy lives. And I'd like to live in a colorblind society where none of this matters, where it's absolutely irrelevant to hiring, irrelevant to law enforcement, irre- irrelevant to incarceration rates and so on. But if you're going to have a black culture that, that is that is told on a daily basis that they are not only victims, but targets, by people like this evil, 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 evil son of a bitch, right? then, then you will never address the problem until you point out exactly how big of a lie this guy is telling and why he's telling it.
0: Indeed, and it's that fear, that fear that they're constantly pushing is basically what's putting blacks in jeopardy. Then when you respond out of fear, bad things happen. So when you—that's right. You know, and and the, it's it's a it's a weird dynamic, though, because a lot of in, in black culture, you know, when you listen to the music and stuff like that, the, the objective is sure. to be as intimidating as you can possibly be, right? Right. I'm 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 this, I'm that, and I can do this, you know, and and do these harms to you.
1: So you want from promote- the police, right? I mean, there it is. There, okay? Yeah. So so if that's what you're playing on your stereo when a policeman pulls up, mm-hmm. you, you're you're going to be shocked that you're treated differently. Thank you right so it's like you can't have this you can't have it both ways where you
0: want to present yourself as this intimidating faction in the, in in the culture and people should should respect and fear you uh and then well how do you think that response is going to be well they that's how they're going to treat you as somebody that's supposed to be feared but you're telling these same people that they need to go out there and fear the police well i got to say this about you know the police it is true that there has been police brutality. We got it. No question. You know, and, and these police, uh, when they're talking about the Blue Klux Klan, yeah, there were police that were in the Klan and they did target black people to harass. That's a real thing. Uh, And happened to, you know, and, and it's, it happened enough to, to be a, a problem. But here's the thing. On the police's end, that's something that y'all might want to clear up. OK, it's because it, a lot of these areas where this is happening, these are Democrat run areas. Y'all are law enforcement in Democrat run areas and y'all are in the union. And the union <laughs> is a revenue collecting arm of the Democrat Party. Correct. So, it's like so when, when I hear, you know, Democrats saying defund the police, I would love to hear the response from Republicans to say, yeah, let's defund the police. Why don't we start with them unions? OK, you want to you want to hear the Democrats squeal like a stuck pig? Try that. And the, and as far as the police goes, yeah, you might, that, that is a big part of why this narrative is sticking on you is because you are operating in Democrat run neighbor neighborhoods and you are paying them dues that are keeping them rich. And they're using that wealth to use you as a sacrificial lamb, right? So, you know, you might want to get out of that.
1: Yeah. And, and, and this is, this is something that the individual police forces bear 100% responsibility for and I'm extremely sympathetic to the police, not because I'm a white guy, but because it is an extremely difficult job that requires split-second decisions mm. where your life is in danger all the time, right? I have high respect for black policemen, high respect mm. for white policemen. I have contempt for black criminals and I have contempt for white criminals. This yeah. is my racism test, by the way. <laughs> if you're watching cops and you, see a, and you see a white cop take down a black criminal and you go, yay, <laughs> and then you see a black cop take down a white criminal and you go, boo, then you're a racist. If you see the cop taking down the criminal and you say yay both times, then you're not. It's pretty simple, really. Um, but, but what you find when you run into these cases of policemen who are genuinely dangerous, and I've met a few of them, you find that these that in most of these cases, the kind of guys who now all of a sudden like in the national spotlight because they did something horrendous, you find out that this guy has had like disciplinary reports that go about like 15 years. You know, 15 years of excessive force, 15 years of complaints and so on. By, by uh, coincidence, when I started playing Little League Baseball in Key Biscayne, I, I, I was randomly assigned four. We had six teams. We had, they were, Crimson was the name of the team, right? Scarlet, rather, Scarlet Red, right? because we had different color t shirts. That was the name of your team. you blue, you Scarlet, whatever. And the coaches, the two coaches on Scarlet were these two relatively young men, and they would practice sliding into home run by standing just short of home run. And and we're talking about eight-year-old kids. You would have to run towards home plate and slide, and they would swing a bat. And if you didn't get under the bat, you get hit in the face. I thought, I don't want to be with these guys. I quit the team that day, and I ended up on a team called Maroon with a great, kind man named uh, Bob Kirkwood, who was the coach and had a wonderful time. Why am I telling you this story? Well, because one of these guys, the Palmetter brothers, I think, one of these sadistic lunatics ended up being listed as one of a Dade County uh, Miami Dade's uh, most deadly cops 7 out of 10 years right 7 out of 10 years he was he was on the list for being the most uh, complained about the most cited the most the most uh, you know factual evidentiary cases placed against him for excessive brutality and so on so imagine how surprised I was right now you can't do anything about the fact that there are that there are sick people out there and I suppose you can't do anything really about the fact that if you're going to hire a policeman and you don't have any history on them whatsoever, you if a guy behaves himself and passes the test, you hire him. But when you find out the police forces have been hiring people and retaining people with these histories of, of, um, of, of you know, horrific behavior, then you, you really have to ask yourself, what is it, what, what, what is the matter with you, you know? You, what is I mean what is a badge man you know, I'm, I'm asking a police officer i'm I'm, I'm, I'm speaking now to a, a, a the, the head of a police department right who's got bad cops on his payroll and he knows it right what what is it that protects you out there it's a piece of tin right it's not bulletproof it's a piece of tin mm. and what that tin represents is you are speaking on behalf of all of us you are there to protect us and if you are hiring people who are who are violating that trust and who are and who are degrading confidence in law enforcement rather than increasing it then all you're doing is reducing this badge of authority to a piece of tin mm-hmm. and and you will have nobody to back you up after these george floyd uh things in in la you know i i live not super far from a 7-Eleven and I'll often stop there because I get out of here late. I just stop on the way home, pick up something. And I often see policemen there. They're not off duty, but they're not being called anywhere. So they're just kind of hanging out. And especially after the uh, the, the Floyd riots, I, I, I just walked over to one of these groups of guys, three or four guys. And I started walking over to him. I could see him just going like, oh, here we go. You know? And I, I just said to him, look, I just want you guys to know that you guys do a tough job out there and that I know everybody's making a lot of noise, but not everybody feels that way. You got a lot of support out here, and you got a lot of people who understand that the job you're doing is tough, and I just wanted to let you know that and I walk back to my car and these guys you just like watch them just oh. So I'm not saying that to to signal my virtue, I'm saying that because because this attitude of respecting the police comes from a place where I didn't have the police hassling me or persecuting me. But I, I believe that the reason they didn't hassle me or persecute me was not because I was white, but because I was polite and respectful whenever they'd come up to the car. Right. If I ever got arrested and handcuffed, the idea of running or, or reaching under my seat or something like that would not occur to me. You know why? Cause I think I'd have a pretty good chance of getting shot if I did that.
0: Yes. Yes, indeed, man. And you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just lucky in the sense of I haven't really had that problem. Whatever neighborhood I've been walking in, whether they're... It's not ap-
1: luck. So I'm sorry, to, I'm sorry to interrupt you. It's not luck. It's that you are a respectful... You are a respectful, kind, intelligent, decent person. And it comes off of you the second people meet you. You know, it's not it's not a, it, it's, it's the exact opposite of this kind of, you know, uh, yes. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's the exact opposite. You're confident, you're kind. You don't have a chip on your shoulder. And the, and the reason you haven't had any trouble is because you haven't been looking for any.
0: I, I'll, I'll take that, man. And, and thank you. You know, and the sad part of that is, is that. Because I don't get this harassment for police for for if I want to take a walk in whatever neighborhood, affluent neighborhood or you know a, a not so mm-hmm. affluent neighborhood, I don't get I don't get this pull over. Hey, what are you doing or anything like that? And of course, the, the the answer to that, well that's because you know you want you want to fit in with white folks. You want ideas. So so let me get this straight. Because I just mind my own business and I may carry myself in a respectful demeanor and you know and and uh, and all those other things that you guys qualify as white somebody who's not threatening, or somebody who's like, you know, got a sense of direction, all that sort of, so you're telling me, you got to make up your, you got to make up your mind, because on the one hand, if I'm being respectful, and carrying myself well, and all of a sudden, then I'm trying to be white, while trying to accuse white people of being evil, and thugs, and disrespectful, it's like, which one is it? If you're trying to act good, you're trying to be white, but being white is evil, wait a minute, that doesn't seem to make any sense, so, but the thing is, you're told you're already cursed for trying to be white. If you just want to be a person who just wants to mind your own business and just do your thing and not bother. Or, or, or succeed in
1: school and get A's yeah. and B's or whatever the case may be.
0: Yes. Yeah. And so and, I mean, and this this comes from, I guess, you, you know, you're very influential people in the black, even like Farrakhan. Farrakhan lecturing his his uh, congregation, telling them you guys think that you're educated. You know, I see some of y'all in here. You did, Well, I'm let, I'm let you know b- by you being educated. The white man's got you. And then he, he goes further to say, and some of y'all, it may even have your doctorate. You know, you got your, you got your doctorate. Well, let me tell you something. Then the white man's definitely got you. And it's like, this is the kind of, eff- this is the kind of influence that you want to put out there that if you try to be, uh, uh, make something of yourself, the only thing you're trying to do, make of yourself is make yourself off to be white. That's the kind of influence that we're dealing with. And that comes down to this person carrying a noose around his neck It's like basically telling black people, this is your lot in life. This is what you are. I represent you. I represent every black person out there who's got a noose. around." Yeah, I'm going to protect you against a threat that yeah. doesn't exist. So, so it's that kind of stuff. And, you know, even even with Obama, Obama was man, what a what a tool he was. Obama was basically this. We're gonna run this black person because if anybody goes against the policies that we're pushing through him, we will discredit them as a racist. As a racist, that's exactly. Now here's the. That's he was the Marxist. He was the Marxist Trojan horse. Now here's there's there's only one reason why this could work, Bill. The only reason why this could work is because you would have to because he's they're of course doing this against Republicans. This can only work if Republicans. Actually, abhor racism. That's the only That's way right. it can work. Republicans detest racism. They're being gaslighted into sounding like bigots now by Democrats. But it, but but when this Obama was running, you had Republicans who detested, by and large, virtually all detested racism. And if you accuse them of being a racist, they're gonna the first thing they're gonna try to—they don't know. It's like, well, man, this is a weird accusation. What do I do about that? No, I'm not a racist. Uh, no, Obama. They don't know what to do. You know, because there's like, dude, this, why is this still even a thing? You know, so it can only work if Republicans weren't actually racist. That's the only way they could pull this off and Republicans trying to prove that they're not. So yes, with the majority of the white vote, Obama won. You know, but now we got Democrats still hammering and hammering away to where you got a lot of Republicans, particularly who are white, are like, "Look, man, I'm sick of this. I'm not a freaking racist."
1: But let me tell you something that's about that's right. This right. That's right. That's right. That's right. People who voted for Obama twice specifically yes. to and and not and this wasn't virtue signaling so much as no, this is important. I'm going to do this. I don't know anything about this guy, but you know what? Okay, it's it's time. It's time to make it clear that this lie has what to whatever truth it held before. It certainly held some. Now we're going we're gonna to put an end to this. And and after eight years of that and then another four years after that and then another two years after that, the, the, the charges against racism continue to get louder and louder and louder. Mm-hmm. And people who, who, who did this are saying, you know, you're right. They're being gaslighted now. Now, now they're actually becoming they're, – now they're actually starting to become – they're not so much becoming racist as they're becoming um, – It's fed up.
0: It's just like, look. Oh, they're just sick of it. Yeah, yeah. that's right.
1: They're just, they're just, you know what, call me whatever you want. I've had enough of this. I've had yeah, enough of yeah. this. yeah. And it's and and and, they're,
0: and unfortunately, the Democrats, the cowards that they are, they push Black people out in front of this. And so it's it's when you have the uh, the the Black representation, the shield that they're using, they're like they're like flipping Palestine, launching missile behind you know uh, um, women and children. And so the Democrats, because you know you have the uh, uh, Blacks, thirteen uh, percent uh, of the population that they've ma- managed to maintain that population, put them out in front to take you know when when Republicans are like, look, man, we're sick of this. And if the first person that, that on the front line that they see is a black person to talk to that they're saying that they're sick of, Democrats use it, see, you hate black people. It's like, look, it's not about hating black people. It's about this policies that you're putting out there and this narrative that you're forcing on us. Every narrative, yeah. whether from from immigration to, to, to LGBT, you're using black people to do that. You're no matter what, you're still using black people. You guys don't seem to want to stop using black people. No, they are pretty used to it by now <laughs> yes. after 2 300 years. And that's what that's what, you know, basically Republican voters are calling out. And Democrats are able to take it and, and and make it as racism and it's it's really not. It's it's forced. It's basically like, you know, taking something and put it in an environment that it's really not supposed to be in and forcing it to do something and say, "See?" It's like, "No." See? <laughs> that's not how that works. But unless, you know, uh the brilliant Bill Whittle has anything else to add, we will. Now, just one last thing, oh, yes. um,
1: and and I don't know who you're talking about, but you know, <laughs> I got something to say. Uh, the last time I was at a college has been several years ago, it had been four or five years ago. I'm not going back because it's not a college anymore. Mm. But I was at a I was at an event, and uh, and the uh, the opposition had been called, so there was a lot of hostility in the room. And after I was finished, I didn't talk much. Mostly wanted to do questions. Uh, some uh, some young black woman stood up and said. You said that you care more about black people than uh, than uh, the than the Black Lives Matter movement does, and that the whole thing's a fraud. And I said, yeah, absolutely. They just laughed. You know, how could you possibly say something like that? And my response was, well, because in 2017, which was the last year we had good data on it, the total number of blacks that were killed by policemen was four percent, and that's four percent including if somebody walks up to a policeman and starts shooting at him and he shoots back, right? Huh four percent total and any organization that is focused on four percent of the problem and not only ignoring 96 percent of the problem but not allowing you to talk about 96 percent of the problem is not a serious organization it's a fraud it's a it's a it's a fraud it's a it's a it's a scam and um and sure enough they just bought their third or fourth four million dollar mansion and hired their brother or their father or their husband at eight hundred thousand dollars a year or whatever right but yeah I mean there's the there's the data right you you why am I calling Black Lives Matter a fraud? Well, because you're because your entire movement is about 4% of the total number of Black homicides in this country. If you really, really, really are about Black Lives Matter, why don't you get down to where the 96% is? You know? Why don't you start doing something to detoxify these completely democratic murder pits? No, not interested in that. So they're a fraud.
0: Absolutely, man. A great answer. And I hope that we've provided some, uh, some, some decent answers and perspective on, on this and. Uh, you know, and you know, can move forward with effective ways to not just you know uh, look for a political solution. We need we need cultural solutions as far as this goes and, and representation. So you know, we hope that you support moral
1: solutions, indeed, yeah, philosoph- philosophical solutions.
0: Solid, exactly. yes, yeah, so solid and sustainable ones. And uh, you know what I prescribe for that. And uh, we also hope that you take the, the virtue signal as a prescription <laughs> as a prescription to help keep y'all uh guarded up and inoculated against this 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 virus of false virtue that uh, these these the liberals have out there. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. We're Bill Whittle. I'm Zoe Virtue Signal. We will see y'all next time.